Welcome to Behind the Headlines, the weekly SiliconGanews.com podcast where we go behind the headlines of all the stories that we tell and report here at SiliconGanews.com. I'm your host, Hannah Hammonds. You can watch our video podcast weekly on SiliconGanews.com, Mix 106.5, and Kix 100.3 Facebook pages. Listen on air and find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Later on in the show, we'll be joined by Mr. Jim Ziegler, but first we're going to have a recap of this week's news right after this break. Stay with us. This is Behind the Headlines. Ever feel like you're missing from your own life just because you always have to run off to the bathroom? Those days are over. Be the star of your own life again with BTL Amsella. To learn more about Mcella treatments and how they can help you, visit ChildersburgClinic.com. People tell our tellers, lenders, and representatives they see us at events happening in your community all the time. There's a reason for that. With more than 450 volunteer hours every year, our team is dedicated to knowing you and what matters most. Heritage South Credit Union is your community credit union. Find out why more and more people are becoming members at myhscu.com. Heritage South Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA, an equal housing lender. Welcome back to Behind the Headlines. I'm your host, Hannah Hammonds. Let's get into this week's news. 64 counties in Alabama are ranking in the high-risk category for spreading COVID-19, according to the Alabama Department of Public Health's COVID-19 Risk Indicator. August is National Immunization Month, and Governor Ivey's message remains simple. If you're able, roll up your sleeve and get the vaccine. Alabama currently has the lowest vaccination rate among all 50 states. That does it for this week's news. When we come back, we'll be joined by State Auditor Mr. Jim Ziegler. Stay with us. This is Behind the Headlines. Doing some home remodeling or backyard projects? A home equity line of credit from Heritage South Credit Union can help you get that project done in no time with a low application fee, low rates, and convenient access. Call 256-245-4776 today to speak to an expert about Heritage South Credit Union's home equity line of credit. Heritage South Credit Union, your community credit union. NMLS number 712492, equal housing lender, federally insured by NCUA. Ever feel like you're missing from your own life just because you always have to run off to the bathroom? Those days are over. the star of your own life again with BTL Mcella. To learn more about Mcella treatments and how they can help you, visit ChildersburgClinic.com. back to Behind the Headlines. As I mentioned earlier, we are joined today by State Auditor Mr. Jim Ziegler. Mr. Ziegler, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, and it's good to be home in Sulacago. 
there's nothing like home. No, not at all. So for our viewers and listeners that may not know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Well, I'm glad to. That's my favorite subject. <laughs> and I am a native of Sylacauga and um, graduate of Sylacauga High School. I'm an Aggie. And my father was longtime mayor of Oak Grove, Alabama. And uh, he would tell you right quick that Sylacauga is a suburb of Oak Grove. That's the way uh, he, he was Royce Ziegler. And um, no, I think more people around here know my dad and mom than, uh, than know me. That's a good possibility. <laughs> now, why do you desire to run for governor for the state of Alabama? We have a real problem in Montgomery. The state government is being run for the political insiders, by the political insiders, and of the political insiders. And I've had to oppose them and be a check and balance on them for, for the last six years that I've been the state uh, auditor. Uh, we need a candidate to challenge Governor Ivey in the Republican primary who will stand up for the tax-paying public and uh, not the Montgomery insiders. Yes, most definitely. Now, I know the deadline is coming up soon where you have to declare candidacy. When is that deadline? Uh, it is January 28th. It's almost six months off. Uh, and after that, no candidate can enter the race for governor or any of the other state offices. So I've got almost six months to decide, but We've gone ahead and formed an exploratory campaign and um, are out building support and trying to raise funds. That's the hard part. Yeah, I know fundraising and trying to build those funds for stuff like this is definitely um, a struggle sometimes because it is such a big campaign and there's a lot that goes into that. What strengths do you have that you believe could beat Governor Ivey? The track record of the last three years of the Ivey administration uh, is, is quite clear. Governor Ivey was not reelected on a platform that she was going to raise the gas tax by 10 cents a gallon, plus a so-called adjustment every two years from now on. She didn't mention that in her re-election campaign, but as soon as she got elected, that became top priority. And she called a special session and rammed a gas tax through. Now, I was aware that there were millions of dollars being wasted by the Alabama Department of Transportation, including I found $63 million a year was being diverted out of the highway fund going for other purposes. And if you took that money and you took the other waste, we could build our roads and bridges without having to burden the consumers with another increase in, in gas taxes. Wow, that, that's a lot of money. Well, it, it is a lot of money and it hits every single individual, even the few that don't drive because they buy things and groceries and the gas tax increases causes other things to go up. Absolutely. Now, we are in the middle of a 
global pandemic. How do you think Governor Ivey has handled the COVID-19 crisis? Uh, not well, and the most recent thing that uh, should not have happened is uh, Governor Ivey decided that she would play the blame game and shame those two-thirds of the Alabama adults who have made a decision not to get the vaccination. Now, it is a personal choice. It's, it's each person's decision whether to get a vaccination or most any other health care decision. Uh, neither the government nor anybody else should mandate that you have to take the vaccination. And she decided to come out and say it's time that we start blaming the unvaccinated. Well, some of those people had medical issues and they are not supposed to have a vaccine. Others studied the vaccine and the lack of knowledge of it. The fact that there is no study of the long-term effects of that vaccine because it's just been hurriedly put together and they made a decision not to take it. Yet she's going to blame them, not based on any particular evidence, for causing this re resurgence of the, um, of the COVID. And that's just not good. That doesn't do any good. How many people are gonna now go down and get the vaccine because the governor points a finger and says, shame on you, you are killing people because you don't get the vaccine. It's a personal decision. I do agree with you. It is a personal decision. And I personally know several people who have autoimmune disorders that are keeping them from getting the vaccine because it is not safe for them at this time because there's still not enough evidence to show that this is truly going to combat COVID. Well, that's true. And um, one thing that I wish the uh, Alabama Department of Public Health, which is under the governor, uh, would do is uh, do a, an immediate quick uh, emergency study, it should have started over a year ago, about other therapeutics that could prevent the COVID or cure it, make it less severe if the person catches it anyway. Uh, while uh, the national government and President Biden and Governor Ivey have been so fixated that everyone should get this vaccine, they have dropped the ball uh, on studying the preventive effects of everything from vitamin D and vitamin C and Z packs and um, a, a number of things that could either prevent or mitigate COVID. Why don't we hear more about those studies? We have UAB right here. That's one of the leading hospitals in the nation on infectious diseases. And Alabama should be a leader in studying these alternative preventive matters, just as we are in football. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And I know Nick Saban actually released a statement a few weeks ago encouraging people to get the vaccine, hoping that, you know, we'll have a normal football season. Well, that's important when you, when you get 90,000, almost 100,000 people in a stadium, Bryant-Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa, 
or a similar number uh, in Jordan-Harris Stadium in, in Auburn and all of the other college and high school um, facilities. That is a, a troublesome time so many people close to each other. And uh, the last thing we want to see is the Tide and the Tigers playing and no fans allowed in the stadium or a restricted number of fans. It's getting to be serious. If they take my ticket, uh, then it's hitting, it's it's hitting, hitting home. home. I was in that same position last year. I've been going to games since I was four years old, and here I am almost 22. And last year was the first time that I, I missed a game. I didn't go to a game all season because those tickets weren't there. Like you said, it hits home when you're not able to do the things that you normally do because people aren't taking it seriously. Well, absolutely. And uh, I would, for the purposes of the future, if this thing comes back, I, I want Alabama to take a lead in preventive measures, including natural remedies, uh, herbal remedies, medicinal remedies. There is so much that hasn't been applied to the COVID and uh, Alabama and UAB could take a, a, a lead in that. That is so much more compatible with what people want to do than to take the jab. I know Governor Ivey's message remains simple for those. In Alabama, it's if you can roll up your sleeve and get the vaccine, do it. Like you said, we're starting to blame people who are not getting the vaccine, and I think she's just trying to encourage people to get the vaccine at this point. She is, and what Governor Ivey has forgotten or either never knew is that a large percentage of those who are unvaccinated have a distrust of government. They don't trust the CDC in Washington. They don't trust the Alabama Health Department. They don't trust President Biden and Governor Ivey. And so for a governor to be pushing so strongly and blaming, pointing the finger, this has been counterproductive. If somebody already distrusts government and a governor starts doing this at them, that may have just the opposite. It's like, well, I'm not listening to this. I'm going to show her. And uh, it's just no common sense involved when you try to intimidate people and blame people for what is, after all, a personal decision. Now, what qualifications from the state auditor position will transition into the governor role? You could say that my job in doing the property audits uh, on the 176 state agencies gives me a broad overview of state government and what the agencies do and where there's some overlap and some duplication and that that's all true. But beyond that, I have been blessed to turn the state auditor into something it's never been before and that is a watchman against government waste, mismanagement, duplication, corruption unfortunately. And um, it started under the Bentley administration. Uh, I filed the initial ethics complaint accusing Governor Bentley of 
misusing the state. Um, and within a year, the Ethics Commission found probable cause that he was in violation of the ethics law. And five days later, he resigned, pleaded guilty to two misdemeanors, and got a rather sweetheart deal if he would resign. And um, th that was a lesson in how not to run a, a governor's office, and I was right in the middle of the checks and balances uh, there. But since then, I led the citizen fight against the unnecessary Ivy gasoline tax. Uh, led the citizen fight that blocked the toll bridge over Interstate 10 over Mobile Bay, which was going to be the first of many toll roads and bridges over the state of Alabama. So it's a duplication. It's a double taxation. We already are paying this gas tax increase, and yet they want to put toll roads and bridges on top of that, and we were able to block that. And then we blocked Amendment 1, Governor Ivey's plan to take away your right to vote for the school board and make them all appointed by the governor. What a plan, and uh, people agreed with me. Uh, we got a vote of the people of 75% no uh, against Governor Ivey's Amendment 1 and blocked that. And then recently, uh, the governor's $3 billion prison boondoggle, and it was a, a boondoggle, it would have had us taxpayers paying rents of about $100 million a year for 30 years. And there would have been a lot of millionaires made out of state uh, who would have owned these prisons. At the end of 30 years, the equity that we would own in those prisons by paying rents for 30 years was exactly zero. What a business plan. And it needed to be blocked, and, and it did. And I, I have a plan at about one-third of the cost to straighten out the prison system and to put some mental health into the prison system and to put some blocks to recidivism where when the prisoners get ready to serve their time and get out, that there's more chance that they will obey the law and be good citizens and have jobs. So we need people for a lot of these jobs. And there are ways that we could increase the work release with some safeguards. If you let the wrong person out, they'll go out and kill or rob or assault. And so you have to be very, very careful. But these are things that I did as the auditor to be a check and balance on the governor. And uh, I just put that up uh, for consideration of the voters. As it should be. Well, and uh, also going back to the University of Alabama, uh, I have a degree from Alabama that would, it's just a perfect degree for a governor of Alabama. Now think for a minute, what would you guess would be a degree, college bachelor's degree that would be perfect for a future governor? Political science. That's a good guess. And the answer is public administration. Isn't that what a governor does? public administration, and that's my degree uh, from our University of Alabama. Now, how do you feel about the health care in Alabama? We have a problem, particularly in some of the small towns and rural areas, 
with hospitals closing and primary care physicians not being in town and, and readily accessible and some of the specialties such as uh, baby delivering and, and others not being uh, accessible. And there are some solutions to that. And uh, I am working on right now a plan for Alabama's health care that um, would really address every one of those problems uh, and others. And it's also more taxpayer friendly than some of the other plans. Uh, the idea that someone with no health care at all, they get sick or injured, where do they go? They go to the emergency room. And that is maybe the most expensive kind of health care. They may not cost them, but it costs the general public and the health care system and the taxpayers. And uh, there are common sense solutions. During the course of this 10 months of this campaign, uh, I'll be holding a major speech on health care and releasing Plan Z, my plan uh, for, for health care in Alabama. Now you said you have a plan that you're working on, but what would you do differently? Well now, we, we're just going to have to wait. I've got one of the things that we've already worked up that I, I just am dying to tell you now, but I don't want to preempt my own speech, but uh, some, of, some of the things that are just going to surprise you, some of the things that they could already be doing to correct the health care problems, they're not doing. And uh, we, uh, maybe, I, I'm, maybe I'll bump this one up and do the speech in Sulaconga. How about that? You should. What better place than home? Uh, absolutely. you got a good Coosa Valley Medical Center here. I was born there. It was called Sulacaga Hospital at that that time, and um, it, it it can be better. And and here is not as bad a problem. Those places where the hospital is closed and there's no doctor in town, that's a serious problem. That is a serious problem. Where are you going to go? if you have an emergency. You're going to have to make it to the nearest hospital and sometimes that's a life or death trip. 100%. All right, now we've made it through all the serious questions. Now we're going to have a little bit of fun and play a little bit of rapid fire. I'm going to ask you a few questions and you can either give me a one word answer and then some of them I want you to explain. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Burgers or pizza? Both. I love burgers at the Dairy Queen on Fort Williams and Sonic and uh, I love pizza. Here's the real question. What do you put on your hamburger? Mustard, grilled mushrooms, grilled onions, lettuce, tomato, uh, everything but mayonnaise. I'm just not a mayonnaise You're not a mayonnaise man. person. No. Favorite pizza? If you were to order pizza, what would you order? A supreme. I like everything but anchovies. That's fair enough. That's one of my favorites as well. Now, what is your favorite sport? I know being from Alabama, I probably know the answer to this one. You mean participatory sport where I'm playing or am I a spectator? Spectator. 
Uh, it'd have to be college football. I don't watch NFL, but uh, I'll watch college. And I hope they don't mess it up with all these rule changes and paying the players for the use of their name and image, image and um, likeness. I just worry if college football was not broken. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But they're, they're fixing it. So. If you could have dinner with one person, it can be in the past or present, who would it be? I guess you would uh, uh, eliminate Jesus of Nazareth. You can. Well, All right, you can. that's who, I, that's who uh, I named. It would be absolutely fascinating. That would be a very interesting dinner. One I would certainly like to have. I'd, I'd do more listening than talking at that dinner. Absolutely. Mm. Now, dog or cat? Dog. I'm a dog man. I'm a big, short-haired dog man. And uh, I understand your animal shelter and your humane society in Sulacaga uh, are in need of a lot of help and uh, people to uh, donate and to donate their time and uh, to bring in the pets for spraying and neutering and to adopt the pets. Yes. And they do. It's a it's a an unending job. They never get caught up. Never. I I know those volunteers over there, they work tirelessly trying to make sure all these animals are taken care of and try to find them their forever home. Now, you talked about your dad being from Oak Grove. Are you from Oak Grove or Silicaga? Both. I uh, was born in the Sulacaga Hospital, now the Coosa Valley Medical Center, and at that time we were living on Cannon Avenue, and I'm going to prove I'm from Sulacaga. It's very close to the viaduct. You have to be from Sulacaga if somebody told the it's near the viaduct. I think I know what you're talking about. All right, the, the viaduct is right there just above McDonald's hamburgers, which there was no such thing when I was born, crosses the LNN tracks, and then the first right is Cannon Avenue, and that's where our house was at that time. But at age three, uh, we moved out to a small farm in Oak Grove, and uh, that's where I grew up, And but went to Main Avenue School and Solcaga High School, and Dad ended up the longtime mayor once Oak Grove incorporated. Yes. All right. What is something positive that has happened to you today? Today? Today. Or you can, it can be this week because I know it's still a little early. Well, everything that's happened today has been uh, positive. I had a nice ride from Montgomery to Sulacaga up 21. Now, it's been talked about for 50 years or more to four-lane Highway 21 from Sulcaga to Montgomery. And if I'm governor, I'm going to put a priority on that. It should have been done uh, a long time ago. And there could be more growth and development and more people coming into Sulcaga to shop if we could four-lane 21. And the politicians are all talk and no action on that particular thing. But I had a, a very nice ride up. Now, I stopped in Titus, Alabama at Kim's Corner. And we have better food in the South in our gas stations than Yankees have 
in their restaurants. I will have to agree with you on that one. Kim has wonderful sausage, bacon, biscuits, Kanaka sausage biscuits, egg biscuits, every kind of biscuits right there at the Titus turnoff north of Wetumpka. I will have to agree with you on that one. I've been there before to get lunch, and it was it amazing. It's wonderful. And she uh, gets her gets whole milk, unpasteurized, unhomogenized, from um, Blue Ribbon Dairy outside of Tallahassee, Alabama. And this is a wonderful story. I wish this could have been done with Dark's Dairy when there was a Dark's Dairy in Sylacauga. This lady outside of Tallahassee, her grandparents had run a dairy and it like the small family dairies it went out of business many years ago and she decided to reopen it but she needed a niche something different so she sells whole milk unhomogenized and I had a pint of that this morning I should have bought a gallon I don't blame me it's hard to find milk like that you just can't find it you can't well hey thank you so much for joining me today we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be wrapping things up with Mr. Ziegler. Stay with us. This is Behind the Headlines. Doing some home remodeling or backyard projects? A home equity line of credit from Heritage South Credit Union can help you get that project done in no time with a low application fee, low rates, and convenient access. Call 256-245-4776 today to speak to an expert about Heritage South Credit Union's home equity line of credit. Heritage South Credit Union, your community credit union. NMLS number 712492, Equal Housing Lender, federally insured by NCUA. Ever feel like you're missing from your own life just because you always have to run off to the bathroom? Those days are over. star of your own life again with BTL Mcella. To learn more about Mcella treatments and how they can help you, visit childersburgclinic.com. Welcome back to Behind the Headlines. Mr. Ziegler, thank you so much again for joining me today. Now, where can our viewers and listeners find more information about your exploratory campaign? They can go on Facebook to Jim Ziegler for Governor Exploratory Committee, and it'll pop up and it'll tell them more about this than what they really wanted <laughs> to know. And it'll have the link. Uh, we have a GoFundMe account if they want to uh, donate to make a change for the taxpayers uh, in Montgomery. Yeah, thank you so much again for joining me. Hey, and thank you for watching and listening to Behind the Headlines, the weekly SilicogaNews.com podcast where we go behind the headlines of all the stories that we tell and report here at SilicogaNews.com. Don't forget to watch our video podcast weekly on SilicogaNews.com. Mix 106.5 and Kicks 100.3 Facebook pages. Listen on air and find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and share with your friends. To contribute stories, suggest featured guests, and to report news, email news at silicoganews.com. Now, we launched Behind the Headlines a year ago, as of next week. 
and we have received an amplitude of support. With that being said, I want to thank all of my viewers and listeners for their continued support over the last year. I have accepted another job in the Talladega County School System, but don't worry, Behind the Headlines is not going anywhere. But tune in next week to find out who the new host will be. Hey, it's been fun, but that's going to do it for me. I'm Hannah Hammonds, and this is Behind the Headlines.